0: Get paid for your pet Get paid for your pet
1: Get paid for your pet Don't wait for the day after check-in to get paid Visit payfully.co to learn how to get paid months in advance for your upcoming bookings on Airbnb, VRBO and other platforms That's payfully.co Welcome another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am hosting this episode with Glenn Carter, the head of marketing at Hostly. Glenn, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Jasper. How are you? And where are you, most importantly?
1: I'm still in Amsterdam. I've been here for almost a month now. Okay. Just getting used to the regular life, going to the office every morning. It's a little bit different from all the traveling. How's Canada? Are you freezing to death already? or?
0: Yeah, we, uh, we're at about minus 25 in Montreal today and the cars need a few minutes to warm up before they're functional. So yeah, we're, we're in the thick of winter. So spring sounds pretty good right now.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Well, there's a couple uh, interesting things to discuss today. There a few interesting news items came out. I'd say the most interesting one is the fact that Airbnb named its first independent board member. This guy came from American Express. I think this is a signal that they're really looking for an IPO, maybe even this year. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, they keep making the right moves to edge towards an IPO. And this seems to be a story that emerges once or twice a year for Airbnb. This is their first independent board member, Ken Cheneau, the former CEO of American Express, which is important because he's got a lot of Wall Street connections and experience. So you can read into that as you want. But this is a step that many companies take before going public. Adding an independent director often helps them provide uh, sort of outside supervision of the company. This is going to be a big year for IPOs in general. So the media is obviously all over this. We had Dropbox recently filed for an IPO. Shopify is going public. A bit closer to home to the sharing economy, we had Uber's new CEO recently made some public comments about going public as soon as 2019. And Lyft has made similar statements. So this is, this is where the news media is focusing its attention. My prediction is that Airbnb will file for an IPO in the next 12 months. So we'll see what happens. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I also think that they're going to do it. all the signs are kind of pointing in, in that direction. Also, the fact that they had their first profitable year in 2017. I don't think you necessarily need to be profitable to do an IPO, but I think it definitely helps in terms of the valuation that you showed that you're actually making money. They made $100 million in 2017 on $3.5 billion revenue. And bookings were up 150%. So I'd say those are pretty attractive if you want to do an IPO. I think, you know, how long is it going to take? Who knows? Recruiting the guy from American Express for the board is definitely also an important step. Because, you know, if you're, if you're a company and you want to do an IPO and no one within the board of directors has any experience with that, then I can imagine that's a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah. And the biggest question from an investor standpoint, the only thing that I feel is holding back an IPO is sort of the ongoing regulatory gray area in which Airbnb operates. And we've seen a flurry of activity on this. And we've talked about it quite a bit on your podcast about, you know, Airbnb making deals with these cities across the world. So that's the only thing that I see as the challenge here is that there's not a whole lot of certainty on that yet. That could be one of the things holding them back from jumping into an IPO. But that should be resolved soon, in my opinion. I think the Airbnb has been doing a great job to work with the major cities across the world.
1: So are you going to buy some shares when Airbnb goes public? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not too much of a
0: stock guy, but I might have to uh, toss in a few. Maybe you can uh, trade in some of your Bitcoin for it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm kind of already quite heavily invested in Airbnb through other ways, through this very podcast, plus the apartments that I'm planning to rent out on Airbnb as well. So I also don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. True. Well,
0: then maybe you can save your money for the Uber IPO.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to invest in a company that loses a couple billion every quarter. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whole, I don't know about whole, you. but <laughs> Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. No, I'd, I'd much rather invest in Airbnb, but it's always the question is like, what's the IPO price going to be, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, people forget sometimes, I think, when you invest in stocks. You want to look at the fundamentals like how much money are they making what are the expectations to growth etc now with all the craze around the the cryptocurrencies but even in the some of these stocks right now with the s p almost at three thousand points you know you look at the valuations it's getting pretty crazy i really feel like people aren't really looking at the fundamentals anymore they just kind of want to buy into something because it just keeps going up
0: the stock markets are at all-time highs and that's sort of scares me a little bit so i would i would be waiting on the sidelines with some cash for sure but who knows if the ipo is going to be in the next 12 months who knows where the stock market's going to be at that point so we'll just have to wait and see
1: but i think in terms of timing it's probably a good time to do the ipo because right now people want to put money in the markets and so you know if, if there is a crisis coming because you know it's a little overdue right i mean 10 years ago we had the last one i'm on wood that it won't happen but you know if there is a crisis coming then that ipo is going to be more difficult to pull off.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there will be a correction at some point. That's just the nature of public markets. It's just how bad it'll be. Yeah, I think Airbnb would probably be
1: smart to do it before that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's uh, hard to predict these kind of things, isn't it? Yeah, it almost would, impossible. It would be nice if you could predict it, right? <laughs> that, would be, that would be nice. <laughs> kind of related to this topic is the experiences part of Airbnb. So they're investing 5 million to expand the experiences in the US. They want to go from 50 to 200 cities, kind of showing that Airbnb is capable of making money outside of the home sharing is also, you know, kind of part of that plan that points towards the IPO. So they're really putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that the experiences department is growing very quickly. Global weekly guest bookings are up over 2000% since last year. And the number of experiences are up 500%. There's now 4,000 experiences on offer around the world and 1,000 in the US only. So they're showing really strong growth, which is something that, of course, you would expect. If you are a company and you already have, I don't know, like 15 million people in your platform and you launch something new, then obviously in the beginning, you would, you would expect to see those big growth numbers. I just noticed that Airbnb is always trying to emphasize how, how well the experiences are going. But if you talk to Airbnb hosts and if you talk to people and travelers, I don't really feel like it's really hit yet.
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure about anecdotally. I've heard from various hosts about their positive and negative experiences with the experiences. You know, as we all know, this project is part of a push by Airbnb to expand beyond offering just short-term rentals. So this is really their push to be an end-to-end travel service. We know they're focused on evolving from, you know, simply a a rental marketplace to a much more multi-dimensional travel company. So I read between the lines here, you know, they want more profit verticals for Airbnb to tap in beyond renting your home. And I think this is all related to the IPO that is forthcoming. So I think overall, it's good because Airbnb is focusing on additional revenue streams for its host. And they're trying to create a hyper local experience. And I think that From a strategic perspective, that local experience is really where the hospitality and travel industry is heading. I read in a Skift article recently that Airbnb spent the better part of last year updating its app to look more like a guidebook, you know, with more local suggestions for, you know, bars to visit, cafes to go to, restaurants to sample. So this all fits into the larger picture and strategic vision of Airbnb and its founders to create a local experience and create additional revenue for its hosts.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the website right now and, you know, you're absolutely right. It looks very different from what it used to look like. And, you know, the homes part of it is just one out of three, right? You have homes, experience and restaurants now. And it says explore Airbnb. And I recently searched for a place in Miami. And, and because of that, when I open Airbnb now, what it shows me is your first day in Miami. And it shows me a bunch of experiences. It shows me pretty much only experiences and food and drink experience. Art history, adventurous. I mean, the whole front page is just loaded with experience for, for me. If I want to actually look for a home, I have to click on the home button, and then I get to see some of these places you say. So it's quite interesting. They're really trying to push it.
0: Yeah, like it's truly trying to become an end-to-end travel service, and rightfully so. I think that's something that investors have wanted for a long time, and I think early investors are eager for the IPO. To get underway to get out their quite nice returns from investing early on in airbnb so i think this is all part of the larger strategic vision of the founders and i think it's going well
1: for them absolutely airbnb has changed the way people rent forever but actually getting paid is still a pain that's where payfully comes in payfully is a safe and secure way to get paid for your upcoming reservations within 24 hours of them being booked Payfully deposits directly into your bank account, with funds typically available within 24 hours. Payfully works with all the major platforms, Airbnb, VRBO, Guesty, and others. They've helped thousands of hosts expand their business, cover unexpected expenses, and stabilize their income. Visit payfully.co for your first request free with code GPFYP. That's payfully.co, promo code, G-P-F-Y-P. Now, is Airbnb still cheaper than a hotel? Overall, yes. Overall, Uh,
0: yes. (laughs) I think it depends on where you are, but uh, at least in the major cities around the world, there was a recent Forbes article that discussed this, and it's been the mantra of Airbnb enthusiasts. I've always clung to is that Airbnb is cheaper than hotels, so they put it to the test, and it is true. So. The Forbes article mentions some major cities like New York, where the average hotel price is $306, whereas the average Airbnb price is $187. A place like Tokyo, where the average hotel is $220 US dollars, and the average Airbnb listing is less than half at $93 US dollars. So you go across the board, some cities are closer than others. Like If you look at Berlin, the average hotel is $114, whereas the average Airbnb is $92. So... Only, you know, $22 savings there, but still cheaper.
1: Now, for some reason, I can't open Forbes articles. This is really a big mystery. It's been like (laughs) that for a while, but my computer does not want to open Forbes articles. There's not a single city where a hotel is cheaper than an Airbnb. Now, I don't know if this was sponsored by Airbnb, this particular study. But yeah, it definitely seems like Airbnbs are still cheaper. I have some friends visiting here in Amsterdam. And they asked me, okay, where, where should we stay? And, and should we stay in a hotel or an Airbnb? And I, I thought, okay, let me just be objective. Let me not be pro Airbnb. Let me just make an objective sort of value call as to what's the best accommodation, whether it's a hotel or a hostel or an Airbnb. And I mean, within minutes, I pretty much came to the conclusion, okay, an Airbnb is still way cheaper than a hotel. So definitely it seems to make sense to me. Does the articles mention how they compare it though? Because, I mean, if you just take all the Airbnb listings, you can't really compare that with the average of all hotels because, you know, there's different sizes, there's different you know, star ratings and all that kind of stuff. So does it mention any, anything about how they measure this?
0: No, the source of the data is from AirDNA. So as you know, they probably just took the average of all Airbnb rentals. I don't know where they got the hotel data. They say HRS, so I'm assuming I don't know what HRS is, but that's the source of the hotel data. But you're absolutely right. If you take the average, you're not really looking at it from the right perspective. I mean, you know, people who are traveling on a budget can find a much cheaper Airbnb rental, you know, than the cheapest hotel rental if that makes sense. You know, you can find a lot better savings on Airbnb in my in my mind if you're a bargain hunter than if you're only staying in hotels.
1: Yeah, and if they actually compare the average prices of the Airbnbs versus the hotels, then I would say that the difference is even larger because you know, a hotel room is a room, right? Whereas Airbnbs, they're private rooms, but they're also entire homes, entire apartments. I don't know if they compared private rooms versus hotels, but if they did include the, the actual entire homes, then, then Airbnb is actually even more cheap than what it looks like from this study. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to that, if you're staying in a hotel room, you're eating out for every meal. Whereas if you're in an Airbnb with a kitchen, you're cooking, for the most part, cooking yourself. So there's quite a bit of savings to be had with that as well. So I think this is interesting just as sort of a quick frame of reference, but there's a lot of different factors that aren't included that I think work in Airbnb's favor in terms of price point over a hotel room.
1: All right, let's see what else is out there. Any other news? I see that uh, Venus Williams, is going to design the Airbnb departments in this building outside of Orlando. They called it Nido with double I. And this is the building that is going to be built exclusively for Airbnb hosts. And so they've hired Venus Williams to do the design. I didn't know Venus Williams designs apartments, by the way. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. Apparently, she was moonlighting while winning uh,
1: every single tennis tournament. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, don't
0: have anything else. I think those are the three big ones for me.
1: Right. I see one more thing. There's another contest. You know how Airbnb, every now and then, they do these contests where you yeah. can win a stay at a very interesting Airbnb, like one of the most interesting Airbnbs. I think this is also part of like a, kind of the marketing that they do to show those most extraordinary places that you can rent on Airbnb. I remember the Lego house in Denmark was one of the stays that you could win, and then also... There was a hotel that was kind of like a shark tank. It was made of glass, and it was on the bottom of the ocean somewhere, so you're sleeping, and you can see the sharks swim around you. I don't know if that will encourage a lot of sleep, though. But but anyway, <laughs> they, uh, now they, they've got some sort of old research ship. It has a submarine on the boat So you can win a free day stay for free people in the Bahamas. You have to write an essay about what you would enjoy of being uh, under the water. It's a 50 to 550 character response. And so really the question is, what do you dream of exploring beneath the waves? February 10 is the deadline, by the way, for those who want to participate. It's a pretty cool prize, but I'm sure a lot of people will participate. So the chance of winning is is going to be pretty low, I'd say.
0: I don't know. You have pretty good authority. Uh, I think we should submit our own submission and record the next podcast in the submarine.
1: (laughs) Well, let me ask you the question then. What would you like to explore beneath the waves? not sharks. <laughs> Are you a scuba diver? Or?
0: No, I've done uh, scuba diving in Thailand before, but I love being on the water. I was actually in the Canadian Navy for a year. I'm very comfortable on the water. So that sounds like a pretty cool experience to me.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, I've explored the oceans and the water quite extensively in the last 10 years as a scuba diver. By the way, I see one more article about Berlin and Berlin has one of the strictest Airbnb regulations In the world. In 2016, I think Berlin was one of the first cities that started putting restrictions on Airbnb. Their goal was basically to get more apartments back on the residential market. And the the argument was, you know, because people are putting their apartments on Airbnb and there's a shortage of housing and the rent prices go up and people who live in Berlin, they're having trouble finding apartments. Officials now say that the rental restrictions have returned nearly 8,000 apartments back to the residential market. Although only half of those were actually came from vacation rental sites, the other 4,000 apartments returned to the long-term residential market had simply set empty. So there was 4,000 empty apartments sitting around that just weren't (laughs) rented at all that came back to the market somehow.
0: That's very confusing to me. But the 4,000 apartments that went off the short-term rental market, I'm quite confident that those who rely on the tourism industry aren't too happy about that.
1: You know what's really interesting is if this is going to actually push the prices downward, you know, push uh, rental and real estate prices down because that was always the big argument, right? The houses are getting too expensive, the rents are going up because of Airbnb. Now that Airbnb is so restricted in Berlin and all these apartments went back to the residential market, let's see if prices drop. I'm a little skeptical. I I think 4,000 apartments in in a city like Berlin that probably has a I don't know how many houses there are in Berlin, but it's a big city, you know, there's several million people living there. So I don't I don't really think that four thousand apartments is gonna cut it. I think there's bigger factors driving the real estate prices and rental prices.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's dozens of factors that affect that. I think with the restrictive rules that are in place in Berlin, that's driven many of these underground, which isn't good for anyone. So I think the right thing is to be on the the right side of history and sort of accept that people are going to want to rent out things that they own so how can we achieve this in a safe way that is good for your citizens your tax base for uh, your housing market all all those kind of things and i think airbnb and a bunch of municipalities not including berlin have, have come to pretty good compromises i think berlin might need to revisit their policies but doesn't doesn't look like they're going to be doing that anytime soon
1: well actually the article actually mentions that they are working on legislation that would allow people to rent out their apartments for up to 60 days which is oh. uh, the same as in Amsterdam although in Amsterdam now they want to cut it to 30 days they are working on this legislation so there is some hope for those who want to rent their apartments when they're out of town or on holiday or they're traveling it seems to be kind of like the sort of the default sort of standard type of regulations right that you can rent it out for for 60 days or you know maybe 30 or 90 or so it almost seems like, like the regulations around the world are kind of gravitating towards that number.
0: I think that's a pretty good compromise. I mean, it's not good for people who want to do, you know, Airbnb investment properties, but for people who are renting out their primary residence when they're away, or
1: I think those are pretty good compromises. Absolutely, I know. I, I agree with that. All right, cool. Well, that's it for this week, and so. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And I hope that spring is coming soon in Canada.
0: Yes, me too. But either way, we have that trip to Bermuda coming up on the research vessel, right?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Let's work on that piece together. Sounds good. All right, Glenn. Thanks a lot. And to all the listeners, uh, thanks for listening. And of course, on Monday, we'll be back with another episode. So hope to see you then.
0: Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.